The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from bisexual storyteller and artist Elizabeth Barlow. How's your week going? I have to say I'm pretty damn excited about my life right now. When was the last time the Dixie Ramble had bullet points? Well, I want you to pay attention because this isn't a ramble this week. Well, it's always a ramble because I ramble. But I want you to pay attention because there are things that relate to you. And it could mean that we're meeting face-to-face, who knows? Or it could relate to an extra bonus on this podcast this week. Who knows? Who knows? I'm trying to make shit happen for you. Stick with me. (laughs) Okay, number one. Are you paying attention? Do you have a pad and paper? Are you making notes on your computer? (laughs) I got my booster yesterday, my Omicron booster. I felt like shit yesterday. My arm looked like Popeye, except the lower part of his arm looked like the upper half of my arm. It was swollen. It really hurt. And I went to bed and I felt like shit. But today I feel really good. And I wanted to be vaccinated because... (gasps) I'm going on a road trip. And you know how excited I get about a road trip. I love to travel. And I am traveling with two of my favorite people. I really was excited about going back to Seattle. And somehow two of my favorite people have decided to go with me. One of them volunteered her van. So we're going in Crystal's van. Crystal has been with the show for more than a decade. She is the strongest, hardest working person I've ever met. She's decided she wants to drive and that she's going to Seattle with me. And somehow Ty, who is the tech person who's part of the show, has decided to go too. Now I have been asking Ty for years to go on a road trip with me. Ty is so much fun. And better yet, Ty is so tech savvy, knows how to do everything. And Ty's decided to go to Seattle with us. So we are going to hit the road. And here's the part that relates to you. Bullet point number one, we're doing a meetup in Portland. If you are a fan of the podcast, if you want to meet me in person, I really like to meet new people. So here's the information. I want to say thank you to Delphine, who is a fan and who wanted to make sure that one, that we could have a meetup in Portland and two, Delphine has been helping me do research on venues in Portland. Delphine wants body storytelling to be in Portland. So for the people who wrote and said, where are the tickets for shows in Portland? There is not a show in Portland yet. We're going to do venue research. But after a day of venue research, we are going to be doing a meetup. And here's the meetup information. We're going to be doing a Portland meetup on Wednesday, October 12th. We are going to meet up at Bar Bar, (laughs) 3943 North Mississippi in Portland. And we're going to meet up from 6 to 9 p.m. Well, if nobody shows up, we won't hang out till 9 p.m. But if you want to hang out, if you want to meet in person, if you want to have a lemon drop with me, then that's the time to do it. And so... Just going to hang out in a bar in Portland and hopefully get to meet some people I haven't met before. Or maybe some old friends from Portland will show up. That would be great. 
<laughs> I've invited I've invited my favorite butt plug manufacturer to show up. Let's see if he shows up. Jesse, I'd love to see him. And a few friends and favorite sex positive luminaries in Portland. I hope to see them there. So it could be a sex positive community gathering. It could be, uh, you know, anybody who wants to show up is welcome. Don't psych yourself out. Don't think you're not invited. I'm inviting you. So Portland, Wednesday, October 12th, meet up. Bullet point number two. I then proceed to Seattle. We are going to have a meet and greet at our sponsor's place. It is an adult entertainment shop which means they sell dildos and butt plugs. Yay! If you like dildos and butt plugs, you do. Um, then please come. Please come support our sponsor. Buy a dildo or a butt plug. Maybe I'll throw in a motorboat. Who knows? Sometimes sometimes my applause titties just, you know, decide to give out. There was one time I was afraid to get on a plane to go home in Seattle because I gave so many motorboats, something went wrong with my tits. And I was like, if I get on a plane right now, this might give me some sort of, you know, medical condition because they didn't look good. Something went wrong. People still begged me. They said, we'll pay you for a motorboat. And I'm like, guys, look, look at my tit right here. There's like something going on with this vein. I can't get on a plane. They didn't care. They were just like, shut up. Just let us pay you. Give us a motorboat. Sometimes people get greedy. You don't care if I die. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's a ramble. I'm sorry. I said that I wouldn't ramble, but I did. Okay. Seattle meet and greet is at Doghouse Leathers, 715 East Pike Street in Seattle. Friday, October 14th. I'm going to say 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, October 14th. Doghouse Leathers, 6 to 9 p.m. That is the night before the Seattle show. Seattle show sold out. But guess what? Live stream tickets. More on that later on in the show. And here's number three. This is the part that's a story. Okay. So we have a full lineup for Seattle. The other day, I was coaching one of my storytellers, Soren Berg. Soren is a beloved storyteller. In fact, there is someone, more than someone, who writes in Sorenberg's name for Best of Body in San Francisco every year when I do Best of Body. Soren doesn't do stories in San Francisco. Somebody doesn't care. They love Sorenberg. And I agree. Soren is a great storyteller. In fact, he told me he just got published recently and was very excited about that. So I had to hunt down Soren because I wanted another story. We've had him on the podcast three times now. And I hunted him down and finally found him and said, Soren, it's time for another story. And Soren said, okay, I can make that happen. Life's changed a lot since the pandemic. My stories aren't the same as they used to be, Dixie. And I'm like, I'm sure we can find something. Everybody's stories have changed since lockdown, Soren. So he presents me with a list of four possible stories and he's giving me his options and we discuss them. One of them is going to happen that weekend and he says, I'll let you know how it goes. We'll have a conversation <laughs> after the weekend. And as he's telling me these stories, he keeps saying, my partner, Maxine, my partner, Maxine, my partner, Maxine. And I <laughs> Soren is very polyamorous, and I'm just like, wow, okay, obviously partnered up. Many people did during the pandemic, but it's, it's getting kind of funny because every story includes the partner, Maxine. And um, so uh, we discussed the options. I said, let me know how it goes this weekend, and, and I'll keep a list. And when we talk and we get ready to do coaching, you can tell me which story. So we have another check-in. We discuss the story. It doesn't really turn into the story we expect. So we decide to go with option number two. And that's the story that's going to be told on stage on Saturday, October 15th. And I say, great, let's do a little coaching on that story. Let's discuss a few things about that story. Uh, the other person in the story, let's make the character come to life. Let's talk about your partner. You've got to give your partner, you know, physical description. Let's give them more than my partner. So many people just want to say my wife, my wife, my wife, or my partner, my partner. And that doesn't do us any good. Make your characters come to life. 
And uh, Soren says, well, of course, I'm probably going to incorporate the fact that my first date with my partner, Maxine, was a date at Body Storytelling. I'm like, really? I didn't know that. And Soren goes, yeah, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't. I think I'd know that. And he goes, Dixie, you know this story. I'm like, no, I don't. And he goes, yes, you do. You're part of this story. I'm like, how how am I supposed to know this, Soren? I haven't talked to you in like four years. And he goes, Dixie, here's a reminder. You and I worked on a story. We worked on this story. And I was going to tell a story on stage. And we discussed the fact that as part of the story, which was a story that happened at Burning Man, I was going to invite the person that I had group sex with who was blindfolded to body storytelling. I was going to invite her as my date. I was going to get on stage and then I was going to tell the story while she was my date at the show. And that was our first date. And I'm like, oh shit, I remember that was a really, that was a really risky in the moment the story is happening right now story. Holy shit. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Textbook from the show. The one who found out at the show that the story that was being told on stage was about her. That's your partner, Maxine? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you didn't call them textbook. You kept calling them Maxine. And he goes, yeah, textbook. And I'm like, you're telling me that Maxine, your partner, is textbook from the story. He's like, yeah, that was our first date at Body Storytelling. And the first date went really well. If you listen to the story, you'll hear at the end of the story, you can hear Maxine yell out at the end of the story. It obviously went really well. And four years later, they've been together ever since. And I found out they just bought a house together. So we make jokes about body get you laid, but that's a new one for me. I've heard all kinds of stories about success after getting on stage and telling a story about someone or the stories that happen in the audience of body. But that one kind of blew my brains out. So there, there is a brand new story that is part of that story that is going to be told on stage in Seattle on October 15th. I have just been kind of shaking my head, wandering around my house ever since going, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that I'm going to get to see the next little piece of that unfold in Seattle on October 15th. I'm so excited that Sorenberg said yes. I can't wait to meet Textbook. I know I met Textbook four years ago, but I'm going to get to meet the person who was so down. Not only are you someone who showed up and rolled with it and I mean we should have known textbook that you were the sort of person who was going to be cool but they yeah okay I'm sorry I will stop digressing this ramble really is a ramble now I apologize but isn't that amazing holy shit so buy live stream tickets because yeah you'll find out more in this episode but there may be a surprise for you later on in the episode Roman (laughs) I'm talking to my podcast producer and I'm going to include it in the episode. Roman, can we make it happen? Can we play the story for them? Let's find out. Guess who won Lubricant of the Year in Europe? Uber Lube. Yes, it's that good. My friend and brand ambassador for Uber Lube, Amy Baldwin of Shameless Sex Podcast, posted about it mere hours ago. Congrats, UberLube. What's UberLube, you say? UberLube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-safe ingredients. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, anal, and thousands of doctors recommend UberLube for its simple ingredient list. Lube's the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner, and ideally, lube enhances touch. UberLube offers just the right amount of slip, while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensation. It offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. 
It cleans up easily and there's no flavor or scent. And right now they're offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. Uberlube is the best. It's my favorite lube. And if you want to make sure that you're using a lube with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients, use Uberlube. Remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. Say you've probably heard about microdosing. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing these days to feel healthier and to perform better. If you're not familiar, microdose and the concept of microdosing is commonly associated with psychedelics, wellness, performance enhancement, and creativity. So our show this week is sponsored by microdose.com. They contacted me and they were interested in sponsoring Body Storytelling's podcast. When I did some research on their products, I was really interested. I knew that microdosing was commonly used to help folks with pain, workout recovery, and anxiety, and all of that sounded really good. I knew I needed a creative boost. I mean, don't we all? And I definitely have anxiety, and I bet you do too. But here's the thing, I really have trouble getting into the moment. I'm always either future tripping or worrying about something that happened last year. It's really nice to bite into a gummy, relax, and just focusing on the now. And that's what they did for me. And I really enjoyed the vacation from constant worry. So here's what you should know. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code Dixie to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com and use the code Dixie. Try them out. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Well, it's time for a story. So let me tell you about the storyteller. Elizabeth Barlow is a bisexual storyteller and artist who draws comics about queer life. She's rarely without a sketch pad, brush pens, and something loud to say. Elizabeth has been on the podcast once before. Go track down her last story in our archives, why don't you? This storyteller is Elizabeth Barlow. Hey. So at the beginning of this year, I fucked somebody entirely despite my therapist. Dr. Whitaker in person, when we had in-person sessions, always kept those brown eyes very neutral, very warm, very compassionate. But over COVID times on the phone, when I was like, yeah, my boyfriend's hitting me with canes and dragging me by the hair to bed and calling me a bitch, I could just hear his eyebrows go, whoa. He wasn't so sure about that. And so I told Dr. Whitaker, you might not understand my need for BDSM and really rough sex, but you have to get on board. This is not gonna change. And he said, very neutrally, very calmly, if you take a look at the past nine months that you've been with Max, you've stopped freelancing, you've barely brought in an income, you've let your health go to shit, and your room is covered in trash. So could it be that this relationship and the extreme pain that it brings is just deflecting from your dad dying and your mom disintegrating and your family falling apart. Maybe you should put aside the pain and the beatings for now until you're more emotionally healthy. And I said, isn't our our time up? (laughs) And I hung up the phone on him. So I decided that not only was I going to continue my kink life, I was gonna double down. Me and Max were poly, and I decided I'm gonna get a second mean daddy. So, yes, my thoughts exactly. So I get on field, which is like Tinder, but even pervier, and I see a message from a handsome guy named Brian. When I say handsome, just imagine a less wholesome Orlando Bloom with like a fade haircut 
and full sleeve tattoos on his arms. Um, he was a sadist. He liked to be called daddy. I thought, great. I asked him to call me to assess chemistry because really, to me, voice and verbal banter is the hottest part of chemistry. That's why I keep going for Fritz. Um, Ryan was not, but his voice was very warm. It was very open. It made me feel like I'd really open up to him on the phone. He asked me a lot of follow-up questions about my kinks and my needs, and I don't know how many of you date straight men, but that is above and beyond average. <laughs> so, for example, he asked if for me the pain is because I like the sensation of pain, or is it because it's an act of submission or an act of sacrifice? And I was like, that's a great question. I told him, you know what, the first couple of hits are always scary, and you know, it, it always, I always think, was this such a good idea? But then the more they go on, the right amount of pain, the right pace, mixed in with some edging and some pleasure, can really take me to a, a level of euphoria that nothing else can. So we agreed to meet up for a date. We were both looking not for a new romantic partner, but like a new kink partner who we could get to know. So the next day I met him at the Pete's Coffee by the Claremont Hotel, which is truly the sexiest of the Pete's establishments. <laughs> it has an outdoor patio, it has hanging wisteria. It's where I do all of my shall we fuck coffee negotiations. <laughs> and, you know, I dressed in a very demure, cute white dress with a petticoat like this, but in white and pink flowers. And, I could just see Ryan and his all black just like scanning my body, scanning my tits, scanning my legs. So I knew I had done right. And we sat together and amongst all of the affluent dog moms and the flowery and jasmine, I asked, what is your favorite implement of torture? And he mentioned a sex mallet, which I hadn't heard of. It's like a, like a hammer with like an overhead motion. So I thought, groovy, cool. Sounds, sounds like we're on the same page. <laughs> Gonna make sure this dude knows my safe word, but neat. Then I asked him, since I was, you know, trying to get to know this person at least a little bit, I was like, hey, what do you do for a living? And he's a psychotherapist. <laughs> of course he is. Well, what's your specialty? It's in sex and relationships. So I was like, this is great, now I get a second opinion. <laughs> so I tell him about Dr. Whitaker, who's sort of skeptical of my sadomasochistic shenanigans, and he's like, oh yeah, vanilla providers, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> he didn't have pigtails to flip, but that was the, that was the mood. And... So since that was what I wanted to hear, I put his hand on the inside of my thigh and said, do you want to maybe dig your nails in as hard as you can? And he did. And he dug his nails in hard enough to make me cry, but very quietly because of the affluent dog moms. It was just our dirty, <laughs> sexy, quiet secret between the two of us. So of course, the next day I go to his house for sex, right? And when I say house, I mean upstairs, downstairs, dining room, living room, Labrador. Like we're all losing our minds in the pandemic and our therapists are doing fine. <laughs> and we sat on the couch, went over safe words. I said again like, hey, I would really like to get to know you over time, develop a kinky bond. I don't wanna just do this once. He said, yeah, me too, let's. Let's do that then. So he took me to the bedroom. Classic sex therapist bedroom. Just giant, big kink-sized bed. Light coming in through a window on one side. Mirrored closet on the other side. Matching designer, like, bed posts. Classical. He takes off my clothes and hangs it. And this dress, actually, hangs it in the closet. And proceeds to tie up my breasts with rope. I told him he couldn't tie up the rest of me because we had just met, you know, date, time, call the person. But he tied up my breasts until they were like th throbbing and grapefruits. 
And then he pulled me into what would have been a very tender kiss, except for the tortured breast feeling. And it was so hot. So then he sort of threw me back onto the bed and started hitting them, not with his mallet, because it was the first time, but a similar gesture. And I said, if you keep this up, I'm going to come all over your bed. And he said, that's fine. There's, there's like a plastic sheet over the mattress. <laughs> naturally, naturally. So he keeps beating my tits. He beats the inside of my thigh where the bruises still are from our Pete's coffee date. And soon enough, he starts sort of touching my clitoris. And I immediately just come all over his hand. And he says, I am going to torture you by making you come so much and so hard that you beg me to stop and I'm going to keep going. And I was like, well, we'll see. I doubt <laughs> that you can exhaust me. And he took that as a challenge. So it was Nymphomaniac versus Sex Therapist, round one. So, you know, he starts putting more and more you know, fingers inside of me to try to wear me out. I said, just put your whole fist in. Please, Daddy, try not to step on the bottom. <laughs> and he says, well, I can't usually do that because my hands are so big. And I was like, you know. So he put some more lube on his hands and got the whole thing in there and was, you know, rummaging, making me come. And then he goes, would you like me to go in deeper? And I was like, I don't know where he's proposing to go. <laughs> so I said, yes, let's do it. And he slides his whole hand in like several inches past where I thought my, like my vagina was just over. So I was like, well, what are you doing to me? And because he was a professional, he answered the question literally. He was like, well, I have my fist sort of above your cervix, behind your pelvic bone, one knuckle is up, I'm rotating my wrist from side to side a little bit, and that's what's making you come so hard. So, excellent. I'm reminding myself to, you know, tell Max about this. And so, we keep going at it for a couple of hours. Dude still is fully clothed, and making me come, beating me, fisting me, and eventually he looks at his watch, thankfully on the other hand, <laughs> and says, hey, I've actually got to meet up with my friends for dinner, so I have to cut this short. And I was like, cool, cool. He was like, yeah, you could take a shower. So I go into his sort of decadently spacious shower that's the size of my bedroom, wash off. And when I come out, my, all of my stuff is in a tiny little pile to make it really quick and easy for me to get dressed and get the fuck out. So Thursday rolls around. I'm confessing everything to Dr. Whitaker. <laughs> Ryan, the sex and relationship therapist, has completely ghosted me. And I imagine my therapist, Dr. Whitaker, is he smiling when he goes... And how does that make you feel? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm enraged. I'm hurt. I'm thinking about getting on Ryan's, you know, Yelp for his, his profile and going, great first few sessions, terrible follow through, only three stars. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not a child, so I don't do that. Dr. Whitaker says, okay, so what did you learn? And I said, well, it appears that I'm not willing to give up this type of sex, but maybe I do need to invest in my own happiness and health outside of the bedroom, build up some more self-assurance so that I'm not coming from a place of insecurity. I'm just coming from that nifty little spot up above my cervix and behind my pelvic bone. Let's talk about live shows for body storytelling. And I have some good news and some bad news. So here's the bad news first. That Seattle show we have coming up, it's sold out two weeks in advance. And it's sold out without ever going up on our website, without me creating any sort of promotion for it. Just word of mouth, it's sold out well in advance. So I'm sorry. I mean... I'm not really super sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because that's a great sign. 
Seattle, we're going to be coming back as soon as we can. And we're going to look for a bigger venue because obviously Seattle wants body. Here's the good news. We went in and we did an internet speed test and the Wi-Fi in the space that we are going to be doing this show, Oddfellows West Hall, is great. So we are going to be live streaming this show. If you're in the Seattle area and you didn't get tickets in time, and a lot of y'all are telling me that's the case, just buy the live stream. You'll get to see the show. And if you're anywhere else, get the live stream. You'll still get to see the show. It's like being there. I'm really happy that live streaming is a way for you to see it if the venue isn't big enough to hold every single person who wants to be part of this. That makes me really happy. The show is on Saturday, October 15th, and live stream tickets are now available. Get your tickets as soon as you can. And night of show, it starts at 8 p.m. Sign in a little bit early, y'all. Like, we have a new person who is traveling from San Francisco up to Seattle. It's a brand new venue for us. So don't everybody sign in at the same time. Let's figure it out together. <laughs> Can you tell I know nothing about live stream? Yeah, but here's the thing. I started live streaming body in 2016. I saw that this was something that had potential for people who were immunocompromised, for people who were far away, for people who wanted to lay in their bed and have sex while listening to the show, that this had potential. Nobody bought it at the time. I'm so grateful to Ruben Tan that he worked with me to try and produce a live stream at that time. It didn't work. We stopped. And then the pandemic came along. And now there's a need for it. So we tested it long ago, and now it's something that I hope will become a regular part of the show. So Seattle sold out Saturday, October 15th, but live stream, we got it for you. You can still see it. And the next show after that is going to be in San Francisco. It's going to be on Friday, October 28th in San Francisco. The theme is This Feels Dangerous. That's going to be Halloween weekend. Have you pitched me a story yet? We still have room in that lineup. I'd love to put you on stage if you're available to be on stage in San Francisco. Send me your voice memo pitch to bodystorytelling at gmail.com and do it as soon as possible. Okay. Okay, get ready. Normally, that's where a song goes after a story on this podcast. But I really wanted you to hear the story that related to the Dixie Ramble. I went back to find Soren Berg's story, Five Minute Warning, and it seemed to have disappeared from the internet. I went back and it looked like that apparently in 2020, remember when everything was horrible? Our podcast got a podcast takedown notice that I never noticed. It was from somebody who said that there was some pod safe music problem, which made no sense because the music on that episode was not a problem. It was an Ariana Grande song. That's not not pod safe music, but they had taken it down. It did not exist on Libsyn, which is where we host our podcast. It was gone from every single source on the internet. And... We've changed podcast producers, and it seems to be missing from our archives, so I freaked out. But my friend Ty, who is amazing, went through everything for me and found it. Found the missing episode, the one I just told you a story about. You have to hear the original story so that you know how incredible this update is. So here it is, the missing story. Thank you, Ty, for finding it. And I'm going to include the stage intro because this story was told right as the Rebar Seattle closed for good. We lost our location in Seattle. We're at a new location. But this is the original Sorenberg story told at the Rebar Seattle back in 2018. One of my favorite things about the Seattle show is their willingness to build something weird with me. And you know that that's something I dearly love. It's not just about 
helping somebody build a story and putting them in front of a microphone and hosting it so that people can give them the acclaim that they deserve and the response that they deserve. That I love. I love doing that. But what makes it next level for me is if we can build something extra around the story, build something special. And this story had a component to it that made it so much fun, something that made the night of show. It's almost like telling the story becomes part of the story. We add this whole new component to the story. I'll tell you in just a moment what that is. But first, this story is from adventurous outdoorsman and board game nerd, Soren Berg. So it's 10 a.m. and the slightly hungover silence of the Burning Man Kink District is broken by the sounds of classical music playing. And that's my cue to get up and jog over to the neighboring camp where I join an ever-swelling crowd that is dancing like maniacs to the sound of this Australian woman doing a yodeling rendition of Offenbach's (laughs) Can-Can. And it's a, I go every morning. It's a great way to start the day. <laughs> but if I'm being perfectly honest, it's not the only reason I go. I also go because I have a huge crush on this girl there. And I've, I've talked to her once or twice. Um, I can see her dancing. She's wearing a mini skirt length red silk kimono as we're all spinning and crossing and linking arms. And her name is Textbook. And... <laughs> burner names, you know. <laughs> and she looks sort of like Audrey Hepburn, but with these big round glasses and a septum piercing, and her hair is buzzed short on the sides, and the top, it's in tight braids, and even the ever-present dust can't disguise this blue-green dye job. So the song comes to its operatic finale, and I start walking over towards her, but she's already talking to some friends, and I chicken out. I abort mission. (laughs) An hour later, I'm sitting in my camp when my friend Mia walks in with textbook. I'm thinking, great, I can get an actual introduction and, like, get to know her. Maybe I can ask her out or at least give her my number before this festival ends and we all go home. But before I can say anything, Mia stands in front of the camp and says, hello everyone, this is my friend textbook and she's having, you are all invited to her anonymous gangbang. (laughs) Well, I don't don't even know what to think. Is this this a good thing? I mean, an hour ago I was afraid to talk to this person and now I can just fuck them and not even tell them my name? Okay. <laughs> but is this happening? If, if I was watching a porno and this was a plot development, I would think, you know, that's a little far-fetched. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I want to get to know this person. I, I don't know if this is even what I want. I mean, I'm still going to (laughs) go. I'm just going to play it by ear, you know? Besides, a bunch of my friends are going. There's Mia, of course, who looks like Lucy Liu, but with spikier hair and badass tattoos. And there's Daisy, who has this gorgeous burgundy red hair and looks sort of like Amy Schumer. And... So I figure, you know, I'll just go with the crowd. (laughs) The next day comes, and I'm approaching this large canvas structure, and I'm nervous because I don't really know about this whole having sex in front of a bunch of people thing. Like, an orgy is one thing, but a gangbang seems much more performative. (laughs) 
So, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how this works. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I walk in the door, and there's a big four-foot-tall whiteboard that says rules. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you know, it's standard stuff. You know, everyone has to have a recent STD screen, use protection. The gangbang will be 90 minutes. Uh, there's an MC. He's got short, dark hair. You can ask him questions. There's even a list. There's a list of do's and don'ts. So there's um, no to spanking, but yes to hair pulling. Uh, no to anal, but yes to having a guy come all over my back. You know, the standard stuff. <laughs> and on the table, there's also these, uh, a little pile of condoms and a little pile of gloves and lube and a water cooler and some cliff bars, cause you know. <laughs> very considerate gangbang snacks <laughs> so I walk past the table and I see textbook and she is wearing a schoolgirl outfit with a white top and red plaid skirt and she is face down on a spanking bench at like waist height and all of her limbs are tied to the to the arm and foot rests and she's blindfolded and there's a guy behind her, fucking her, with short, dark hair. So I guess if I have questions, he looks a little busy, but maybe later. <laughs> As I watch, another guy walks up uh, and starts getting a blowjob, and so I guess this party has started. <laughs> I walk up with a couple of other people, and now there's like five of us, and we're touching her back and the sides of her breasts, which are squashed against the bench. And I don't think she could have any idea like what's going on. There's so many people and we're all rotating in and out and not really talking loudly. So it must be very disorienting, but there's probably some people that she could have guessed. For example, Mia rolls in with a pair of safety shears, cuts, textbook's top off, grabs the skirt and straddles her, climbing up on top, and starts grinding on her back, and is moaning in seconds, and then almost immediately squirts all over her. <laughs> There's only so many people that can pull that off. Uh, so I, I start getting excited. I start getting into it. I put some gloves on. I'm fingering textbook, but I'm still not going quite all the way. I'm still a little nervous. There's a lot of people watching. Uh, but not all my friends have this problem. For example, Daisy. <laughs> Daisy rolls up wearing my cowboy hat, a bright rainbow strap-on, and basically nothing else. <laughs> And she grabs that skirt like a bridle and starts going to town. And it's incredible. I've never seen anyone use a strap-on quite like that. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm rotating in, getting involved, and uh, textbook is having a grand old time, <laughs> from what I can tell. Uh, we start getting uh, inventive. You know, 90 minutes is a long time. So. One person who does like spanking has an idea. And after checking with textbook, this person climbs up on top of textbook like she was just part of the spanking bench. And we all take turns spanking her so that she's moaning and squealing and every impact is just thrusting her into textbook who is essentially getting spanked by proxy. <laughs> Mia decides to make it even weirder. <laughs> She's got these little doll arms, these like, with these tiny one inch wide hands. And she's running them all over textbook. And then, she takes two of them and puts a condom over it and is putting them inside textbook. 
I don't think textbook had any idea what was going on. <laughs> it's around this time that the MC calls a five-minute warning. And I realize that no one has come on her back. And I look, uh, my friend Hope Up is still playing with her, but he takes a long time to orgasm, and every other guy is sort of winding down and laying on this futon, and I, I realize that it's up to me. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> so I step back. I, I disassociate myself a little bit and I ignore all the people on that futon watching. And I just look at textbook who is disheveled and her skirt has been long since cut away. Her, one arm is untied, the better to give blowjobs with. Her blindfold is askew. And I just concentrate on this incredibly sexy sight and start getting pretty excited. <laughs> so once I get close, I climb up on top of the spanking bench and I place a hand between her shoulder blades to steady myself and I come all over her back. And I hear her laughing as she realizes what's going on. <laughs> I get a little, little cheer from the peanut gallery. <laughs> and, and that's it. The time is called. And the MC says, if anyone wants to stay anonymous, GTFO. But I stick around. So textbook gets cleaned up and takes off the blindfold. And we are all laying on this futon and just laughing and talking about this crazy experience we all just shared. And that's the end of the story, but there is something you all should know. Uh, I learned that sometimes, for no goddamn reason, the universe just does you a solid. <laughs> because armed with my newfound connection of the guy who came on your back, <laughs> and with some encouragement from Daisy, I do give textbook my number. And, and we talk. We talk about me coming here and sharing this story with all of you. And she really likes that idea. In fact, she likes that idea so much she is here in the audience. Not only that, not only that, yeah, not only that, but tonight is our first date, and I want to... <laughs> so I want to thank all of you for coming out and starting it off so awesome. <laughs> see why I was so excited about that story? Wow. Okay, two things to say. One, Soren, my name is Dixie, not Daisy. And two, if you want to see the update of the story of Soren and textbook, you can tune into the live stream on Saturday, October 15th. Right now, I feel like I'm deep in the middle of that whole jump and the net will appear. If I'm going to do the things I dream of, like live streaming this show. I really want to live stream shows beyond the San Francisco show. But to make that happen, I have to buy a lot of new equipment. We have to have a new camera. Our video camera is 10 years old. 
And to do that, that's many thousands of dollars. We have to buy new live streaming equipment. I have to find a technician who can do it in other cities. There's a lot of expenses. And the thing that's been making the difference, because our live shows have been, well, under-attended lately, is Patreon. So I'm going to ask you right now, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon is going to help us invest in this show. Help us invest in the equipment we're going to need so that we can bring body where you are. I'm trying to bring the live show to new cities too. But first I have to buy the equipment so that we can start bringing the show to where you are. Eventually, we're going to bring the show to you too. But it's all about equipment right now. I've been doing this show for almost 16 years. And I'm told we're an international phenomenon. I'd like to be playing at that level. And the things that have happened in the past three years have made so many shows go away. I've watched people that I admire, producers that I admire, go away. They're gone. And I don't want to go away. I am persistent as fuck. I am trying to not just keep going, but I like to grow. And live streaming is the way that that can happen. So help me buy the equipment that I need. I have mentors, I have people in tech who can help me. They're advising me on what I need to purchase, but I need the money to do it. So invest in body, become a member of our Patreon now. The rewards that you're gonna get are gonna be live stream tickets. You'll be able to enjoy the show and it's gonna look better than ever once we're able to get the equipment we need. Go to patreon.com slash body right now. And thanks in advance for believing in us. There are a lot of podcasts out there to listen to, and you chose this one to listen to. Thank you. Could you possibly rate, or better yet, review this podcast? Your words mean so much more. People find this podcast because you took the time to write a review. Give it stars. Say some words. Subscribe to it. It's a big fucking deal when you do that. I want to say thank you for doing that. And I want to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Ruben Tan, Ty McKenzie, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Den Haudiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 245 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And hey... Thanks for listening.